Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast. This is episode 399. I am Mark Striegel and I'm coming to you from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Brought my family out here to celebrate Christmas with my wife's side of the family. She's originally from Indiana. So here we are, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Hope you had a good Christmas, happy holidays. I hope you have a great New Year's Eve and a very happy and healthy 2013. Let's get into a little music right now. This is Killed Cheerleader with Sell Your Soul.
just heard was Kill Cheerleader with Sell Your Soul. You are listening to episode 399 of the Talking Metal Podcast. This is Beat the Bullet by Vane. Shit out. 
This is an end of the year podcast here, kind of uh, just letting the music roll right now. We're going to get into an interview in a little bit with one of the members of Bloodbound. But right now, this is Dora covering Kiss with only you.
That was Dora covering Kiss with Only You. That is off of uh, an older record. But Dora actually in 2012 had a really strong record out called Raise Your Fist. So if you haven't heard that, pick it up on iTunes or listen to it on Spotify. Good stuff. Guys, as always, thanks for sticking with us through another year of talking metal. I know things slowed down, you know, this last year or two with us, but, you know, we're always attempting to kind of get back in the swing of, you know, doing podcasts every week or even at one point we're doing them practically bi-weekly. I doubt that's going to happen, but if, if we could do them once every two weeks consistently, I would be happy. Once a week, I would be ecstatic. But, uh, you know, talking metal is still fun for myself. I know John, who doesn't have as much time to do it as he used to, as as do I. I don't have as much time to do it as I used to. But uh, we both still enjoy doing the podcast. I hope to hook up with him for the big 400th episode of Talking Metal. Should be, should be fun. Right now, let's get into a little Bloodbound. Right after the song, we'll get into an interview with Thomas, the guitar player from Bloodbound.
Hey, this is Mark Striegel, and you're listening to Talking Metal. On the line right now with us, we have Thomas Olson from the band Bloodbound. Thomas, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. You guys have a great-sounding new record out. Yeah, in the name of metal. Sounds amazing. I'm very, very uh, impressed by the way it sounds. For people who don't know about Bloodbound, can you just give us a little history about how you guys got together and where you're from, and just a, a general basic history of Bloodbound lesson, if you will. Yeah, we're just, you know, we're a kind of classic metal band from, from Sweden. And started, we formed the band in 2004. It was me and a good friend of mine, Frederick, who also plays the keyboards in the band. We formed the band in 2004, and kind of in the beginning we we, we were going for like we wanted to create a traditional kind of traditional metal band. That's that's basically how we started. Cool, and it's interesting that you call yourself a traditional metal band because when I heard the the new album, I thought, wow, this is really almost a a, a throwback to all the great heavy metal of the, of the days past, uh, but yet it still has a fresh sound. I have now I've heard you guys described as power metal and and different. You know, there's all these different genres, but basically what you guys are doing, I would say, is is just pure, true heavy metal, right? Yeah, uh, I've heard uh, that too. That some people think we play power metal, or some people say heavy metal, or. But I, I guess if you say, you know, traditional metal or true metal might be a better description because you kind of move in between all the, you know, the traditional styles, which I guess include both heavy metal and, and power metal. And we try to make it as, you know, even though we have traditional roots, we try to to bring in some, some new ideas and, you know, like a, and of course the modern production makes it, a bit fresh as well, but still, we have our roots in the, in the traditional kind of sound. Right, and who were, you know? You mentioned the production; the album just sounds great. Did you work with a, a certain producer or engineer on the record? Uh, yeah, we actually we on the on our previous album, Unholy Cross, we we um, we have the same producer as on the on the latest album. And it's he's called uh, Jonas Chelgren. He's uh, he's also playing uh, guitar in a band called uh, it's uh, yes, Guard Symmetry, and kind of a progressive metal band from Sweden as well. And I think he's done a lot for the band. Like he's he's uh, added his you know touch when he mixed the album, and so it sounds really fresh and. He's a great, great sound engineer. Cool. One thing that uh, us folks in America notice about Sweden is there's just so much rock and roll, heavy metal, you know, death metal. There's just so much music coming out of such a small country. Why is music so popular uh, among Sweden people, the Swedish people? Yeah, I, I think it it might be because of two two reasons really. It's, First of all, it's kind of easy to, to to start to play an instrument in Sweden because the government kind of sponsors 
all these music schools and you can get music lessons for for a really good price. And and also like it today when I'm looking out the window the snow is pouring down and it's freezing and you know, six months of the year you can't really do anything but to make music really. If you're not into sports or all that sort of stuff. So I think it's 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 a good environment for for making music. And Thomas, when you started making music, when you first started playing guitar, who were some of your your idols and influences that you looked up to? As a well, I guess when I started, I was, I was around 14, 15 or something, and I was listening to you know, Iron Maiden and Metallica and those kinds of bands. And I, I, I like the guitarists, like Dave Murray and Kirk Hammett, of course, and and then I eventually got into, you know, a bit of the Guitar Hero stuff and the shredding, like Joe Satriani and Ingrid Malmsteen and those kind of fast players. There's kind of a variety of of players, I would say. Cool. And just kind of circle back to the the uh, the question about, about Sweden and about why there's so many people playing instruments there. What about the actual music scene there? Is it is it just massive? Do you have lots of clubs where you, where the bands play, or is it uh, not so much? There are uh, clubs and places where you can play, but I, I it's pretty good. That, um, especially you know the metal scene is, is pretty big in Sweden, but. The audience, because it's the country is, we only have like nine million people in Sweden. It's kind of a, a big country as well, so it's not really like a like the best place to play. I would say if you go to certain countries in the middle of Europe, like Germany or Czech Republic or places like that, you have. You have more people, and more uh, more people are coming to the shows. But still, it's it's good in Sweden, I think. Yeah. Cool. And again, the new record is called "In the Name of Metal." Tell us about the artwork. I really love the guy on the cover with the the boombox and and uh, the the jacket and stuff. Can you tell us a little bit about who designed the album cover? Yeah, that was uh, Mark Wilkinson designed the cover. He's he's done some you know some artwork for Judas Priest and some Maiden stuff, and I think Megadeth as well. And he's a very good artist from from England. And yeah, it's uh, on the album. You have our mascot Nosferatu again, kind of a uh, punkish metal kind of outfit. We wanted the, the new cover to be like a bit in your face and kind of reflect the attitude of of the opening track in the name of metal. What is up next for Bloodbound? Are you guys currently on tour? Are you planning on doing a tour? Any plans to come to the United States? Yeah, we are. Uh, at the moment, we're planning a, a tour in... Uh, at the end of March next year, and but 
so far it's only a European tour, and we have uh, we have some festivals for the summer as well, also in Europe. But it would be great to to go over to the U.S. and do some shows. But at the moment, I uh, I don't think it's going to happen near future, at least. We are talking to a, a major uh, booking agency at the moment as well, and hopefully if that turn, turns out good, we, we might be able to go to the U.S. and play, because that would be excellent. Is it hard for a band like you guys to get over to the U.S. just because of cost issues? Is that usually what prevents a lot of these great bands we hear in Europe uh, that never make it over here? Is that what generally prevents them from getting over here, just cost? Yeah, I guess it's one of the of the main things, especially for if it's a band that are not so, you know, well-established or has the, the backing of a, of a major label. Because it's like if we go into the U.S., it's, we have to fly over there and, you know, possibly bring, bring gear and stuff. And so it's kind of a... A, a bigger deal than to go to like Central Europe, where you can go by bus, or or the distance is not so far. And the countries are very like close to each other, and so it's uh, yeah, it's a bit of a hassle but because we really want to go and play, and we have had some uh, some clubs and stuff that have even mailed us and wanted us to come over and play, but. Of course, it's a it's it's a money issue in the end, right? Sadly. Okay. Well, Thomas, where is the best place for the Talking Metal listeners to get in touch with you guys online? Maybe a website or Facebook page? Yeah, it's like you. Uh, we have a web website, uh, bloodbound.se, where you can find a lot of information about the band and the upcoming gigs that sort of stuff. And you also have links from, from the website to our you know, the Twitter and the Facebook and MySpace and all, and all that stuff. And also we have like a, a, a web store on, on our website where you can buy merchandise and, and that sort of stuff. Excellent. And do you guys have any music videos out for the new record? Yeah, we, it's actually the first video we've made, and it's for the opening track in the name of Metal. We recorded it uh, here in Sweden, and it's uh, a great director who, who uh, shot the video. He's, he's done some work for In Flames and other Swedish metal bands, so we're excited about the video. It turned out really cool. It's a lot of, you know, fire and explosions and pyro and all that sort of stuff in it, so... We're really happy about that. And can this video be viewed on the website? Is that where you have it up? Yeah, it's on, it's, uh, on the website and uh, it's on YouTube. So you can if you go into our website. You can just find, click on the link and you find the video. Or you can do a search on YouTube and, and find it as well. If you search for Bloodbound. Okay, well, this has been Thomas Olson from Bloodbound. Thank you so much for joining us on Talking Metal. We're going to end today's interview with the opening track off of the new album, In the Name of Metal by Bloodbound. 
And here it is. It's also the title track. It's called In the Name of Metal. In the name of... Uh, this is Thomas Olsen from Bloodbound, and you're listening to Talking Metal. And this is the opening track from our new album, In the Name of Metal.
just heard was In the Name of Metal by Bloodbound. Big thanks to Thomas for coming on, talking metal, and having a little chat with me. What we heard before the interview was a song called I'm Evil. What a cool band, what a cool sound. I'm glad I was turned on to them recently. And I know they've actually been around for a number of years, but uh, they are new to me. So an exciting find for me. I'm sure some of you guys have already known about them for a number of years. But uh, it's, it's cool. I, actually, after I did the interview, I found out that this guy that's in Bloodbound, Frederick, happened to work at a recording studio that I, I recorded at back in like 2001 with one of my bands. And uh, I guess even though they're from Sweden, he, the guy Frederick, who is the keyboard player in Bloodbound, was, uh, was working at that studio. And I didn't even realize that until after I told a friend, hey, I did an interview with Bloodbound. He said, oh, well, you know that guy Frederick uh, who worked at the studio, blah, blah, blah. He, he uh, is in Bloodbound. So it's a small world, definitely. Hey, and speaking of small world... <laughs> our listeners, you know, you guys uh, are, are, are awesome. You're an awesome crew. And I know we don't have the number of listeners that we once had. At least I, I tend to think that. But then I look at the downloads, and I mean, we're, we're approaching 4 million downloads of this podcast. Having said that, I, you know, I, I feel like we don't hear from you guys quite, a, quite as often as we used to, we used to just get random emails from any, everybody and anybody who was listening to the show. So if you've never reached out to us, uh, feel free to at talkingmetal at yahoo.com. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of those, those downloads, I mean, we get, we have about 10,000 downloads per episode. And that doesn't mean that they're all being listened to. You know, uh, Adam Carolla's podcast is well over 60 million downloads. And, and the way you get a lot of downloads is you just keep putting up episodes and, and you have a lot of subscribers. You know, I, I subscribe to maybe 10 podcasts and I get new ones all the time. I don't listen to every episode of every one of them, but the, I still download them all because they're automatically downloading to my computer whenever I open iTunes. So if by chance you have iTunes and you're not subscribed to the Talking Metal podcast, please do so. Go to iTunes, open up your iTunes on your computer, and just hit the uh, subscribe button. Do a, do a search on Talking Metal and then hit the subscribe button. We appreciate your support. Please leave us a review on iTunes. Please check out our site. It is TalkingMetal.com. And there's a lot of ways you can support what we do on the site. One way is buying a T-shirt. Another way is by submitting a donation through the PayPal button there on TalkingMetal.com. Here's one that just came in. Hey, Mark, a small donation, but just wanted to say I've been listening to your podcast for a few years, and I love your work. Thanks, and thanks to John as well. Keep it going. Nick from Brisbane. I don't even know if that's how you say that, Nick. Brisbane, 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 Brisbane. Australia. Thank you. And I'm embarrassed that I don't know if it's Brisbane or Brisbane. I don't know. But Nick from Australia, thank you for your kind donation. The donations are good, man. You guys are great. Love it that you guys are freaking throwing money at us. Um, and 
You know, I uh, actually donated recently to the Rock and Roll Geek Show, one of my favorite podcasts. I threw Michael Butler 10 bucks, which is less than most of you guys throw us. Uh, but, you know, he, he usually, um, when you when you donate money, you get to request a song. And I think that's a, a, a fair thing. So if you guys are making that PayPal donation, let's say if you're donating $5 or more, shoot me the name of a song that you'd like to hear, and I'll definitely play it for you on the podcast, as long as it fits into our, you know, hard rock, heavy metal genre, which is what we do here. I know we all like different styles of music, but this podcast, we try to stay focused on the hard rock and heavy metal stuff. Uh, also coming in on the, uh, on the site uh, through the PayPal donations, Eric Reed, who I know, I, Eric, I'm fairly certain you've donated before. You just sent us 25 bucks again. Uh, thank you, Eric. That is awesome. Eric is from New York State and is a big supporter of Talking Metal. Again, I, I can't thank you enough, Eric. And Eric actually did hit me up with a song to play. He says... Oh, so many songs to choose from, but I will choose Ozzy's Dreamer. With the state of the world, those lyrics are awesome, and some of the best written by or for him. Merry Christmas and have a happy new year. Eric, the same to you. Merry Christmas to you and your family. This is Dreamer by Ozzy Osbourne. Gazing through the window at the world outside Wondering will Mother Earth survive Hoping that mankind will stop abusing her sometime After all, there's only just the two of us Yeah. 
Hey guys, the PayPal donations keep coming in. You guys are awesome. As always, another $30 donation coming in from Martin McGarry from the United Kingdom. Thank you. You rock, Martin. And Martin's request was Ocean Size, Dead Lions and Sleeping Dogs. This is a band that I used to listen to back like in 2004. Does that sound right, Martin? I know, I think they came back or they broke up for a while and came back around. Maybe I'm totally confusing them with somebody else. I don't know. But I know I did listen to Ocean Size back in those days. They actually were influential on a band I was playing with back in those days called Ronin. And we even had a song that was kind of uh, very heavily influenced by an Ocean Size song. Ocean Size, I believe, was a Jane's Addiction song, right? And that's where they got the name from. Uh, I believe so. I'm not sure about that, but I think so. And anyways, this is Martin's request that he is receiving because he gave us a nice, healthy donation of $30. Thank you. Uh, His note is just a quick note to wish you guys both a very happy Christmas and all the best for 2013. Keep on rocking, Martin. Ocean Size with Dead Lions and Sleeping Dogs for Martin over in the UK. Thank you, dude.
What you just heard was Ocean Size. Let's go. Let's keep the emails rolling here. End of the year celebration on Talking Metal. I'm so glad you guys are still listening to us, still supporting us. Hit us up with a PayPal donation. Buy a T-shirt, a Talking Metal T-shirt on the site. And somebody sent me an email complaining about the T-shirts. They didn't like that it was a silver spacecraft on this T-shirt. Well, go go F yourself, dude. Not looking for... You know, if you want to buy freaking, you know, Walt Disney, uh, Mickey Mouse skull bones that everybody else has on their stupid metal sites and podcasts, go for it. Because uh, skulls are about as rebellious as Mickey Mouse at this point in history. Uh, so... If you don't, if that's what you want, definitely don't buy the Talking Metal T-shirt. I think the Talking Metal T-shirt looks pretty fucking badass with the 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 mouth and the, the Close Encounters esque highway and silver spaceship hovering there. But if you don't like it, don't buy it. You can still support us with a healthy PayPal donation. Five dollars or more will get you any track you want on Talking Metal. Here's an email that came in through my Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash mstriegel. That's S-M-S-T-R-I-G-L. Hit me up with a friend request. Uh, And again, you will get all sorts of uh, posts. It's not just a metal site. You'll see pictures of my kids. You'll hear my opinions and thoughts on on things, some of which you might not like and have nothing to do with hard rock. So if you don't want to peer behind the uh, the curtain and, and see the real wizard of talking metal, uh, don't send me a Facebook request. But if you do and you can deal with uh, the real me, then go ahead. Don't want to shatter anybody's illusion. Anyways, here's a Facebook email. Hey, mate, thought I'd drop you a line to say hi since you accepted my friend request. I'm always a few shows behind the latest release. I just listened to 391 on my way home from work this evening. But I've been a longtime fan of the show. I think I've listened to all the episodes now, or at least most of them. They've been great. A fantastic source of metal info from two well-informed metalheads. Brilliant. I was interested to hear your thoughts this evening on the decline of the podcast and your thoughts for revamping Talking Metal. In all honesty, I do think the show lost its way slightly as John's work commitments prevented him from taking his usual role. But to your credit, I think a revamp is a great idea. You mentioned a core of listeners still out there, and I would echo that. We're still here. Oh, by the way, I'm just a normal dad of two budding KISS fans. No extreme political opinions. Check out the pics of the kids after Sonic Boom over Europe. You're doing a great job, and as long as you'll be... And I'm here as long as you'll be listening. I'm not sure. uh, Confused about your last line there. John Britton. Uh, John, hey, thanks, dude. Um, yeah, the decline of the podcast, I don't know, dude. You know, I, I, I've tried doing some, some different things recently. The history of Oz, 1973, which was a blast. If you haven't heard that episode, go back and listen to it. I got another one of those in the works. This will be from, uh, let's just say a year in the 1980s. And we'll, we will once again look at the, uh, the world of music through the eyes and ears of Ozzy Osbourne. 
We are bringing back interviews like you just heard uh, Thomas from Bloodbound on today's show. And, you know, two, uh, three things have happened over the course of the past four years. I mean, we've been doing this show since 2005. So, A, my wife and I started having kids. That's uh, cut into the, the time I have to hang out with John at bars and stuff after work uh, and on weekends. I just can't do it as much as I used to. The other thing that's happened is John went from working two jobs to three jobs. He works at Gibson Guitars. He works at Nickelodeon. And now he works with Ace, being his personal assistant and helping Ace write a book, maybe possibly two books. So John, John, John isn't devoting what he used to. It was used to, in the beginning, it was pretty much 50-50. He did a ton of work on this podcast. Now he just occasionally joins me and records some stuff with me. Uh, Do I wish he would do solo episodes and do stuff on his own? Honestly, yes, but uh, on the flip side, I'm just happy he's still doing it with us because he definitely does add something to the podcast, and I think a lot of you guys like it. There's a handful of you who maybe don't, but the majority of you prefer when it's both John and I. And I, I hear that. Listen, I do hear that. But I, I can't place the blame solely on on John. Uh, again, a lot of it is is me. I just I can't meet up with him quite as much anymore. Another big reason the podcasts, I think, have declined, maybe somewhat in, in quality, is we lost Bionic. Bionic, we used to do a lot of our interviews there. We used to do live shows there that then we'd podcast, and that's gone. Bionic's out of business. Uh, I'm not uh, working. They actually were acquired basically by another company, but I'm not doing work with them anymore. I don't work at the Sci-Fi Channel anymore um, where where I did a lot of my Sci-Fi work with Bionic, and honestly, they hooked me up. You know, It was almost a little you know payola on the side there, but they hooked me up letting me <clears throat> do some of my – talking metal, what I basically call a hobby, my talking metal hobby with them. And that was basically because I was pumping a lot of money doing sci-fi stuff with them. After I left sci-fi, I was actually bringing a lot of USA work to them, and that continued. But that deal's done. Bionic's gone. And I'm kind of on staff right now at a place called, a channel called IFC, and we do everything in-house for the most part. So I don't really have any any studios wanting to kiss my ass, let me use their good microphones and good midtown Manhattan studio space. Uh, so that might change. I'm, I, I'm not sure where I'm going to end up uh, in 2013. But that's a big part of it, too, honestly. And I think that is an enormous part of it. Uh, also, we don't make it to – I don't make it to as many shows as I used to. And that – you know, has has hurt the interview portion of the show as well as, as Bionic not being around anymore. I, I wish John was out doing these interviews. You know, I hear him, oh, I was at the Chiller Fest with this person and that person. I was out at, you know, in Milwaukee with Sammy Hagar. It's like, dude, why don't you just bring a microphone and, you know, do a, a five-minute interview in, in your downtime with Ace, do a five-minute interview with Sammy Hagar. How amazing would that be? But, you know. That's not happening. And part of me gets it. You know, I guess when you're working with Ace, you don't want to be trying to run around and do Sammy Hagar interviews, too. I mean, I understand that. I've worked, you know, on, on with high-profile 
profile people, and I, I, I do get that somewhat. Um, yeah, so just blabbing here. Let's play some fucking music. All right, what do we got here? How about a little guar? Eighth block. Through a hole, my cellmate is 
That was Guar on Talking Metal. This is Mark Striegel. I appreciate you guys listening to us. Right now, Sold My Soul by Zach Wilde. I'm contemplating suicide Torn from all my pride Man, tell me, son, that ain't the way I'm gonna make a deal with you, child Gonna live another day Just sign right here, son Everything will be alright Ain't nothing out
Little Zach on Talking Metal. Let's get to another letter. Tony Kosminski, John, Mark, first off, I hope you are both well. Still enjoying the podcast, so keep them up. I know you're both crazy busy with other jobs and ventures. Yeah, such as kids, uh, which I know you have. You have at least one kid now, right, Tony? So is it two? I think it's one. But always try to make time to listen for these, uh, Tony says. And he was listening to 390, where you discussed Richie Sambora's interview on the Howard Stern Show. I think Richie has a few dates and facts wrong. I first found out about this in January 1992 when Richie was on Arsenio Hall. Uh, he sends a YouTube link where you can go listen to Richie talking, I guess about Richie auditioning for KISS. Uh, I think he has the dates wrong. He mentions he was 20, 21 when he tried out for KISS. My hunch is this was 1982. He had a contract with a band called Message for Led Zeppelin's Swan Song label. But after Bonham died, the label basically folded. Hmm. Uh, he didn't join Bon Jovi until early 1993, and with Creatures in 1982, they had been when it that that had to have been when it took place i haven't heard the stern interview so we need to hear how we how he spoke about it but as you can see on arsenio he basically said he tried out uh and that he was too loose of a cannon for gene and paul to consider him yeah you know what in richie's defense sometimes history uh moves on and and your memories and recollections of these stories uh, vary a little bit and waver. And I'm sure he tried out for Kiss. Whether he was offered the gig or not is uh, is definitely debatable. Um, it's interesting. You said 1982, the Swan, he had a band that was uh, Message, was it? Let me go back. I think I may have said Messenger, was it? Uh, 1980, Message, that he was in a band called Message and that they were signed to they had a contract with Swan Song, Led Zeppelin's label. That's also interesting, but I guess makes sense. I do remember Swan Song, you know, Bonham died in 80, but I do remember Swan Song continued to exist. I believe the Death Wish 2 soundtrack by Jimmy Page and also Robert Plant's first solo record were on that label. So there you go. Try to burn through a few more of these emails. Here's another one. Uh, Victor Ruiz checking in. Victor says, listening to the episode right now, that's episode 396, Fastway is one of my all-time favorite bands. I have everything they've ever released. And except for the album they released last year, which I think absolutely sucks, I enjoyed at least a few tracks off of each album. Love the first album. Actually uh, contemplated recording We Become One when putting together the album I'm currently recording. So as you might imagine, I thought it was cool that you picked that track. The opening riff is just so cool. Decided not to go with any covers on my album, but everything is on the back burner until next summer or at least. So who knows what eventually will take place. Maybe by the time I finish everything up, I will decide to throw it back in there. Glad to hear you and your family are safe after the hurricane. I was reading that Ron Scalzo lost everything. Uh, yeah, Ron Ron did. Ron is Q-Ball. He's been on the podcast numerous times, a friend of Bumblefoot's and, and Talking Metal, and he lost everything in the, the hurricane. 
He lived in Staten Island, and I'm not exactly sure what's going on with Ron. I haven't really been in touch with him much uh, lately, but it sounds like I know he had gotten married, but then I think the marriage maybe fell apart, and and then the hurricane hit him. Uh, This is all speculation. Don't quote me on the marriage thing. I only kind of go by what I see on Facebook, and when I saw no pictures or mention of the woman I knew to be his wife on, on Facebook recently and some cryptic stuff that he had posted that, which led me to believe maybe the marriage was not uh, sound or even together anymore. And then he got hit by Sandy. So yeah, man, that, that sucks for, uh, for Ron, AKA Q ball, a very good guy who's always done some, some great music. So yeah, all right, so Victor, of course, wrote a, a long email, which he always does, and I only read the first uh, beginning of it. I read all your emails, Victor, of course, but I just don't always read them all on the podcast. So right now, this is Lady Red Light by Great White from 1987.
little great white from 1987. Mm, okay, speaking of Bumblefoot, who we mentioned uh, when we were talking about cue ball, he has an acoustic project out with Tony Harnell, who I spoke with on the phone a while ago about doing a, a new talking metal jam, which that could kind of be fun to get uh, Tony to do a talking metal jam with us. We'll see if he uh, he comes through for that. I definitely owe him a call. Or he's he's friendly with John, but John gave me his number, and we I remember talking with him on the phone for thirty minutes. Uh, that was probably six months ago already. So I definitely owe him a call. What else is going on? Oh, Slash, former Talking Metal guest Slash and his band with Miles Kennedy. Uh, they are set to take their show over to Europe, and they will be over there in February. So all you European Slash and Guns N' Roses fans, be sure to to check your local venues to see if Slash is coming through. Jeff Tate is celebrating the 20th, 25th anniversary of Operation Mind Crime with a 2013 tour, which starts off April 6th in Nevada and will end April 21st, or at least this is the last date I have listed, will end April 21st uh, at the Fillmore in California, who knows, there may be uh, more dates added on. We don't know. Those are the dates I have in front of me right now. Wasp's former guitarist Chris Holmes has a new album out called Nothing to Lose and has possibly the worst music video ever. Uh, I saw like him in front of this green screen, and I, I wasn't sure if it was a joke or not, but my friend told me it was not a joke, which makes me feel like it's kind of sad and... Who knows? Maybe Chris Holmes is still a little effed up. Um, I can't help but think that maybe it's it's tongue-in-cheek and a joke, though. But if if you Google around a little bit and look for the uh, the um, the music video, Chris Holmes, it's called the song is called "Talk About," uh, or the no, the song's called "They All Lie and Cheat," and uh, just maybe Google, Google. God, I can't talk. Maybe Google. They all lie and cheat by Chris Holmes, and you will see possibly the worst music video of all time. And what else can I tell you about that record? Oh, uh, Filthy Animal Taylor, I, I guess, is going to be on the album, too, or is on the album. I believe it's out at this point. He's the former drummer of Motorhead. <sighs> Burn through these emails. Uh, another email. Eddie. Eddie here from episode 381, writing in from Chicago. Wanted to let you know I thought the history of Oz episode was badass. I was born in 1988, but I have always preferred music from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Something I like to do when I listen to older music is exactly what you did in this episode. I go back and I imagine what the times were like when the album was released. What other music was being made? What movies were released? Historical events? What the world was like, etc. Well, I love the podcast since 07. Everything from the professional episodes to hanging out, shooting the shit. Uh, keep it going. Appreciate the efforts. P.S. I gotta ask you your thoughts on headbanging. A couple of years I read a study saying you could do damage to your brain if you do it hard enough. And then all these rockers getting back surgery. Yeah, um... Sure, man. I would think you can do some physical damage to your body from headbanging, but what do I know? Uh, I know when I used to do it, I don't really 
headbang anymore, but when I was a kid and had long mullety hair and would uh, hit these shows or permed hair, as some of you have seen uh, in the uh, old postings, uh, old photos I've been posting on my Facebook page. Uh, but, you know, when I used to have the hair to do it, uh, I, I actually, my hair is probably longer right now than it's been in a while, so I suppose I could start doing some cool headbanging again. But when I used to do it, <laughs> I would get a sore neck, and I would remember the next day in high school or the the day after a concert, I, I would be a little sore. Um, so I, I don't know. It's probably, I'm sure, not the greatest thing for you physically. I don't know if that's why all these guys end up with back surgery. I will tell you, when you hold a guitar or bass on stage, you know, every other night or every night you're on these tours, and, and that it's, it's, uh, it's not the greatest for your posture uh, your spine or your back, and I've I've read things in like guitar magazines about that, and and uh, you you might think that that actually might be worse off for your back and may cause more back problems than the actual flinging your your head around head banging, which I would think would cause more neck problems, but that's my opinion on it. Uh, since you asked, my wife was on Facebook. And she uh, sent a, a question, I guess, Tom Kiefer of Cinderella fame, who has a solo record coming out, or maybe it's out already, I don't know. But he's been talking to his fans through his Facebook page and he, uh, taking questions. And he an- actually answered uh, Emily Striegel, my wife, answered one of uh, her questions. Her question was, again, this is it's Tom Kiefer of Cinderella, what is your inspiration for writing songs at this point in your life slash career? And his brief answer to that was, my inspiration for writing is the same as it's always been. I can sum it up in one word, life. Things I've been through or things I've seen others go through. Observation is a lot of it. Okay, so there's, there's Tom Kiefer's quote on life and uh, songwriting for that matter. So without that, I think we should get it. We got to end, right? I mean, that's leading into a a Cinderella song. So we got to end here with a Cinderella song. It's got to be this one, right? Coming home. Listen to this. Love this song. All right. That's it, guys. Thanks for joining me, Mark Striegel from Fort Wayne, Indiana. And we will uh, catch up soon, I hope. I, I got uh, like just a long list of stuff I still wanted to play for you guys and go over, and I'm not getting to it. But here's Coming Home by Cinderella. Thanks for supporting Talking Metal. Happy 2013. I see the fire in your eyes, but a man's got to make his way. So are you tough enough for my love?
This episode is brought to you in part by Purina. Purina is dedicated to creating richer lives for pets and the people who love them. From helping older pets think like their younger selves to making cat ownership a possibility for more people than ever, Purina is helping pets thrive so they can live long, healthy, and happy lives. Purina has you covered for all your furry friends' needs, whether they meow or bark. From litter to treats to their best-in-class, nutrient-packed food with taste your pets will love. Purina's got your back at every stage of your pet's life. 
Your pet gives you the joy of the spring sunshine all year round. So today and every day, care for your pet with Purina. Your pet is Purina's passion. To learn more, head to amazon.com backslash Purina. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.